Unbecoming of Age, the podcast. A cautionary tale. Listen to what they say, then do the opposite. Your hosts, Colin Flynn and John M. Craig. Thank you so much for joining us. You are locked into episode 189, Unbecoming of Age, the podcast. We are two guys that have never met in real life, living in very different areas of the country. My name's Colin Flynn. I'm in Iowa. And my co-host, Mr. John M. Craig. Hey, Colin. How you doing? Happy uh, quarantine pandemic. Yes. Uh, about long. seven weeks in for uh, some states, for the, uh, the states where uh, it was more widespread, COVID-19. Yes. New Jersey has been extended until June 5th. Really? Okay. I believe, yeah, the stay-at-home order. Um, you know, I mean, I haven't seen like, uh, you know, uh, the National Guard or any local police making us stay at home, but I think it's just, that's what a lot of people are doing though, that without essential, but not everyone as the, as the weather gets nicer, people go out more, more. Yes, that so, is true. Yeah. So. It's, it's different everywhere. Uh, I, in the state of Iowa here, I, uh, just was reading, uh, that we're uh, starting to open back up, apparently. Yes, uh, but your numbers are up. Per capita, they're up. And, and, yeah. your, and your governor, she went to visit the president a few days ago. That's right. She sure did. And uh, yesterday, as I understand. Was it, it. yesterday? Okay. I, I can't keep track of when I hear things. I mean, I, I must have heard it yesterday, but it could have been two weeks ago. Yeah, it was yesterday, and that's the way. Yeah, time is time is strangely uh, expanded and compressed right now. It's like yeah, I mean, even for people with a job, those who are working from home, or I've talked to people who actually go into work and have a place mm -hmm. of business, and they still lose track of time. They, the the benchmarks seem different. They do, they do, they really do. Yeah, we're uh, we're ticking up slowly. It looks like sort of uh, now they've just changed the information around that uh, they are sharing with uh, us as a state. We have this uh, coronavirus.iowa.gov website that uh, you can go into now. And they they uh, I, I like what they did with the graphs. I was just looking at it because I was complaining because uh, it seems to me that the only numbers that really matter are the, uh, the number of hospitalizations and the number of people that are dying. All of the testing, all of the cases, all of the uh, other stuff, um, that's all smoke and mirrors because most people aren't getting tested. Um, the tests are willy-nilly and wacky and um, it's just, a, you know, the testing part of it, I don't think. Uh, or even the cases so much um, are, are, are that big a deal right now um, because it, it, it doesn't it doesn't relate when you put the, everything together none of it correlates the only thing you can see to me that correlates is how many people are in the hospital how many people died and that makes you know those are rock-solid numbers you can you can point at Right. Well, and I don't know if we'll ever have those numbers. I talked to my health insurance company today uh, f because I had to. I, I'm I'm in the process. You know, Cameron's going to be a. He's going to go into his freshman year of college next year, and as a non-custodial parent, I still have to do the financial aid situation. And you know, I've talked about uh, being um, pretty far behind on my back taxes. Mm -hmm. You know, and, you know, the 2019 tax year has been postponed until whatever it was. I don't know if it was June 15th. It's been postponed. Right. So the college, um, the colleges are requiring tax year returns for 2018, which, of course, I haven't done. And so I had to go on to the college board profile and do this whole thing. And it was like I went through the process of what it would be like to file. It's just so I could fill out this form. I still have mm, to right. finish it and provide it, upload them, my W-2s and my tax returns. So that's going to push my hand. Um, and it, part of it was I was I needed to call my um, health insurance company to see what did, since, since I was mostly self-employed and, and didn't get any benefits through a company, I had to put in those numbers. So I called them up, and one of the automated messages said they had stuff on COVID-19. So I was real curious to know about it, you know. And one of the things was, are you susceptible, vulnerable, like whatever it was, you know. So I said, I asked her about that, the, the representative, after I got my information for the health, for the tax stuff. Uh, and, and she she answered, you know, do you have any chronic issues, whatever. And, of course, high blood pressure was one, and um, there was a stroke was one. Mm, asthma, okay. which I don't necessarily have, um, but nonetheless, I've just, and then apparently there are tests for the antibody test, uh, and uh, even with my situation, I wasn't, you know, all for the antibody test, totally paid for, all I have to do is contact my doctor, 
And she told me that Quest Labs will give me the antibodies test. I'd do that if I were you. But no, I want to do that. But my question is, what does it mean? On the day that I take that test, they do the blood work, whatever they do to take that test, and I get the results back, what does it mean? I my understanding, and maybe I'm completely wrong because I, um, I don't know, and I haven't ever gotten. I've not done enough research to find. I'm it. just going by what I read after Madonna announced that she was now in the clear because she has been tested. Uh, they determined apparently that Madonna had uh, the COVID uh, stuff. She didn't. Uh, I think she was asymptomatic, but she had she had had it, uh, or at least a very minor form of it. And she's been tested, and she said she uh, has been shown to be, with her test, clear of both strains. Apparently, there's there's different strains, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've heard, I've heard various stories on, on that. And I've gotten to the point now where if I hear something today, I, I don't – I mean, I, I think it might be true. It might not. Who knows? Because, you know, a lot of stuff gets uh, – uh, gets disproven. Um, I read a, a while back, I read a World Health Organization thing when this remdesivir drug thing first came uh, out. Remdesivir. They, yeah, when they first yeah, started talking. It's a hard one to na- to pronounce. Yeah, and when they first started talking about that, the World Health Organization announced that China had tested that, the, the drug, and said it was ineffective. Well, here, here, here we are uh, two, three weeks later, and they're telling us, yes, it is effective. So either China was pulling hijinks, which doesn't, surprise me if they would be uh, perhaps um, but um, or the World Health Organization is just throwing stuff out there just to tweet I don't know Who right. knows? and remdesivir is a, an American company yes. uh, the glass I forgot the name of the company it's a uh, Gilead science I think, Gilead science that's right yeah. and uh, and so so I don't know who knows where that coming from who knows what kind of operations if any they have in China in terms of manufacturing I don't know it's not right. an approved drug they're streamlining it Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So, um, so I have a few uh, things. Uh, you know that uh, this is episode 189. I feel like, um, considering since we've been under stay-at-home orders and working from home and all that jazz, uh, I feel like we should be up to episode 250. <laughs> but for me, it's like it feels like a month ago that we recorded episode 188. I, I think it was about uh, 13 days ago, Monday the 26th, something like that. And so uh, it wasn't 13 days ago. That's <laughs> less than 13 days. It's not that I can't do math. A little over, little over a week. No, yeah. it was a little over a week, right? It's, right. it's you know, 70, like 10, 10 days or so. Right. And, and so, I, you know, today's Thursday. May. It doesn't matter. May 7th. But it doesn't matter. And so, so you know, and I just, I don't know. There are days that I'm just not feeling it. Like, I don't have big stresses, but I don't know what's going on. Like, it's, you know... Susie's, uh, you know, I I was with Susie for two weeks in Connecticut at the beginning of this, mm-hmm. and now I think it's been seven weeks basically in like New York, California since this went down. I don't know what day we're on, but I've been home for oh, like over five weeks now. Right. And so you know, and and I just turned on Instagram again for the first time. You know, like I I've been on our account a little bit, but not really. I mean, I posted a couple of things on our story, just playing yeah. record like passively, right? And so I just turned it on the other day, and one of the first things I saw when I turned it on was I, I quickly saw your story that you posted something about uh, 100,000 died during Woodstock. And now I, f- I kind of, I found the article, but it's only one article. So I'm curious to know where you found that and where you were getting that info, because I, I have an article about it here. Yeah, so a, a guy that I know that's a, uh, a stockbroker here locally, mm-hmm. and he's uh, he is very... Uh, he, he's like, let's just Anti- get this over. Yeah, he, Anti-COVID-19 like, stay-at-home order? Well, he, he's just like, let's just get this over with. We we shouldn't be locked down. You know, let's just right, right. Go, go into the world. He's one of those kind of guys. Yep, yep. Um, And, uh, you know, he's a, he's a money manager stock, stock right, guy. Right. So he's, you know, this mm-hmm. is his, 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 I'm sure his business is getting killed. B- uh, Bill Maher is, is almost on the same page with saying it's all about immunity and, and not herd immunity, just it's our immune systems, like putting on a mask. He's he's on that. He's in similar camp. Yeah. It would seem. It would seem. 
Yeah, so he posted this thing, and I vaguely remembered uh, from from when I was a kid. I, I vaguely remember uh, the them talking about uh, the Hong Kong flu. Okay, which yes, you know yes. in, in today's world, oh my God, we can't call it the Hong Kong flu, uh, but they did back then. That's what right, it was refer, right, right, referred right. to as. Right. Um, so anyway, so I remember that that was you know it was they they talked about it as being a, a you know. Uh, sort of a big deal but right. it's um, an h3n2 pandemic yes and it and went that, yeah mm-hmm. yes and so in 68 69 if you look at wikipedia there's there's quite a bit about it um but right. um if you look at there it will explain it to you that um worldwide uh, during that uh, that flu outbreak about a million people died and in the united states they estimate about a hundred thousand people in the united states died okay. when that went on we didn't do any kind of a lockdown. We didn't do any kind of, there was no panic in the streets. There was really probably not even a lot of talk about it. It just, we, people got sick and died. Now, can you compare that, I, you know, realistically to what's going on now? Well, no, because we're going to end up with 100,000 and everybody stayed home for a couple of months. Uh, so we would have had a lot more. Uh, well, I mean, but here's, well, yes, probably. You know, and there may be similarities, but I'm real curious about what you saw. This stockbroker posted it where? Did he post exactly what you posted? Uh, something kind of similar to that, yeah, basically. Uh, I, I was paraphrasing what he said, which was it, it, during that time period, that's when Woodstock took place that summer. And yeah, it started when, in 68, and, yeah. and then it was August uh, 1969 yeah. was Woodstock. Yeah. And so it went on for a good year and a half or so. Yeah. So during when that was when that was all was all happening, uh, apparently the the height when most of it was going on was that summer that uh, that Woodstock happened. And uh, according to what uh, the these the stuff on Wikipedia talks about, and the you know, if you correlate the dates, um, Woodstock apparently is you know right in the middle of all of that. Well, nobody knew about it. Nobody gave a shit. Nobody really cared. Everybody was just you know it was the summer of love, and there were, we didn't have the access to information that we have now, and people just went on down to junior's farm or whatever the whatever the place was called right. mr metzger's metzger's wasn't right. it metzger's anyway there there was no social distancing right so what i i i googled it right i, I right. was gonna text you about it but i said i'll just wait and then didn't really think much of it and then a couple of days later i googled it and i found an article and this totally makes sense considering your stockbroker friend was the one that shared the information or that you'd learn the information from him is is I found an article in the American Institute for Economic Research not an organization I know much about and uh, this the author is a guy um, uh, his name is Jeffrey Tucker uh, editorial director for the American Institute of uh, Economic Research and Technology he's a writer he's got a few books and and he is uh, possibly he was alive when it happened. He was like five years old. He doesn't remember much about it. His mom remembered, vaguely remembered, being careful and washing surfaces. And other than that, not so much. And then there's some speculation as to the differences between then and now. You know, is it about that we expect our politicians? It's an interesting read, uh, yeah. for sure. You know, it's, to a certain degree, apples and oranges, because it was such a different time then than it is now. For I'm not sure. saying that we know more now or that we're doing things right now. But it's it's... But I got into a little bit of a, a rabbit hole with the American Institute of, uh, for Economic Research because for them, it's all about data and statistics regardless of what someone might interpret them to be. It would seem sure. yeah. because they're nonpartisan. I imagine some of them may lean right um, fiscally yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, they're economists and, you know, and, and then and maybe socially some of left. Who knows, right? And, and there was another article about masks in Sweden. Because Sweden is not, they're doing some level of the social distancing. And so there's an article about masks in uh, Sweden. And then there was a follow-up article about that. Where, because the, what the writer who wrote that, his wife and his 18-year-old daughter are Swedish. And he had to go over there and live with them for a work thing and then ended up getting stuck there. I don't really know this, the whole situation. But he was like felt it was really strange about the mask and not wearing the mask. And that his daughter was learning from home. But she was on the cheerleading team and they were still cheerleading and she was coaching cheerleading but they weren't doing like you know the pyramids and stuff they were doing more individual stuff but it still kind of threw him and then he kind of shifted his perspective a little bit and then the follow-up article was another guy that's been living there for 17 years wrote some interesting stuff about it right so it's you know it's a tough one that's why the antibody test the question about it seems so important to me yeah so i think if you take that they'll be able to tell you 
that you've you've if you've had it and then then the the conventional <laughs> wisdom is that you've had it and you're now immune and so you should be able to pr- proceed with life as as you know as you normally would have um you know does have we learned anything from this about you know colds about flu about a lot of things i think yeah regardless of whether or not um I was having this discussion with somebody about this. Okay, so if you find out at some point, okay, um, uh, like last show, I was saying I'm not going to wear a mask. I was, I was, I was a little frustrated with all of that. Uh, uh, since then, I can tell you there have been uh, going out into public, and there haven't. There's not a lot of places you can go uh, still in the state of Iowa, even though we're starting to open up that that are actually open for business. Um, so you know you can go to the grocery store you can go to uh, target or walmart and uh, that's basically about it there's a, i guess there's a few um well they're they allowing the uh like the lows and the home depots of the world and places like that to open up uh, <laughs> excuse me um and um so there's there's some places that are making you wear a mask when you go in and i so i thought i'll just bring one i don't i you know <laughs> excuse me um I don't have the COVID. Um, swallowed a little wrong there. Uh, but anyway, at least I don't think so. Knock on wood. Um, so, you know, I, I have been wearing the, wearing the mask uh, here, and the, here and there. But uh, there's if at some point you find out you have the antibodies and that comes before some of these mask things are, are lifted and there's some states that are getting really wacky about that uh, there, there's all sorts of frivolous uh, sort of one-off sort of laws and and uh, things that are popping up real quickly and and states governors in certain states that are trying to take power and do things that uh, i i'm not sure are constitutionally uh possible although that'll be sorted out i guess probably later in some courts when some of the lawsuits 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 start to fly and they will um we're, i guess what i'm saying is i shouldn't have to wear a mask if if i'm uh if well if, if it's a business I'm, though yeah. i mean if they require you wear a mask you don't have to shop there and well, if every true. business well, is like that, what you know what I'm saying? Then you, I'm, yeah. I'm saying, you know, yeah. I'll make that argument that that business is allowed to do that. Right. It may vote seem with, odd. Vote with, your, vote with your feet. Yeah. I, you know, the, the, and that's probably what it's going to come know. down to. We we have like there's all the you know, all these stores here in in the, this market, and you know that's of course a chain that's uh, like a cousin to to uh, Trader Joe's. Um, so anyway, the Aldi stores. At one of the stores, they require that when you go in, that you have to wear a mask. It's it's not an option. They say if you're going to get in, there's a person at the door counting people going in. When they reach a certain number, they won't let let anybody in until somebody comes out, which I, I'm fine with that. Uh, but you have to wear a mask. The same chain, Aldi's, at one of their other stores, they're kind of doing the same thing, except they don't require the mask. Uh, which I'm, I'm confused by. So how are uh, how is it that even though it's not a city ordinance, same city, uh, why is this chain doing things differently? Well, they've got different managers that are deciding. Well, why should that manager have the ability to decide legally whether or not somebody should have to do that? Well, if it's a privately owned business, uh, I I don't. And that manager is essential. I don't care if he's I, 19 <laughs> years old. Yeah, Colin Flynn, yeah. you're not essential. You're a TV guide so, going on these cable boxes. I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm I, joking. I, <laughs> I you know, know here, here's where I'm at. I, I don't really, I, I'm, I'm making, I'm going, when I go out now, I do make sure I've got some kind of a mask thing with me. And if they, they want you to do it, um, I will put it on and, and that's fine. If I feel like I've got to go in there. Uh, I did go to, um, we went to Home Depot the other day and we we're at the outdoor garden center thing and people were, okay, here's a phenomenon I've noticed. If you do have the, the and I'll, I will call it the fucking mask because I, I get a little sick of these things. But anyway, if you've got your, 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 your fucking mask on, uh, people somehow feel like they can stand closer to you. I've noticed that. No, that, fuck that, you. That's ridiculous. It is dumb. I hate it and it makes me angry. They, they invade your space more if you have a, if you have a mask on. It, I, I, I'm not imagining this. Uh, uh, anecdotally... Yes, I think uh, that some people just fucking shop selfishly in a 
in a fucking grocery store yes. without realizing. Yes. Get why wouldn't everyone's wearing a mask and there are fucking announcements about the right. federal mandate? Blah yes. blah blah. Yes. How does that not feel like some fucking post-apocalyptic dystopian <laughs> fucking thing where it'd be like, I'm gonna get my fucking food. I'm gonna get the fuck out of here. Okay, forget yes. it. If I forget something, I'm out. I'm out. So yeah. it, I don't think it's necessarily just the mask that makes them feel comfortable. I just think that some people are unaware of other people. Yeah, there's there's a lot of that. Yeah. You know, and, and so with the mask thing, you know that I I've got Ray, my friend, who's making these masks. They're hot yes. as fuck. It's getting hot here. They're yeah. really thick and they're fine. It's really uncomfortable. Glasses fog up. Fine. Not complaining. He did I tell you about this? The last episode about him having Health Mask USA printed across his his mask. You mentioned, but I don't think when we were recording. I think okay, was, so I've talked yeah. about this, and I've not liked it from the beginning. But he gave me two masks. I didn't pay for them. I'm doing some favors for him. Cool. I'm not going to complain. I didn't want to be like, listen. He's got every right to make the mask to charge what he wants. He charges thirty nine dollars. A little high, but they seem like they're possibly somewhat effective. But who the hell knows, right? Right. You got to right, wear right. them. You know, I feel comfortable when I'm wearing them. The first time I got it, went into that grocery store, felt great. Like I felt much better than having just like some like like not form fitting, you know. But again, it's probably more helpful for the other person if I call or sneeze and happen to have it be a carrier. Regardless, because then the droplets don't go as far or in the air. Who knows? And so he, I told him about a week and a half ago. I stopped by. He gave me another man, and I, and I mentioned to him, yeah, Ray, I don't really love the healthmask.com. And we got into a little thing back and forth. And he said, well, Mercedes, <laughs> it's branding, blah, blah, blah. I said, yeah, but it's it's not the URL. It doesn't say mercedes.com or bmw.com or polo.com on the thing that you're <laughs> right. wearing, okay? I don't want my face to be a billboard, okay? Like, <laughs> like if you want to sponsor a NASCAR, I don't know if they're doing races. They can. It's a guy, although the pit crew, maybe not. But anyway, um, yeah. we can do tattoos. Maybe we should open up NASCAR. NASCAR should be the first sport back. But so anyway, so I was talking to Ray and 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 I mentioned to him, he said, and then he told me the only other person who's complained about this was his friend David. And David is an architect and he's crazy and he's gay and he's this. And I think he was just trying to like shoehorn in that only my two gay friends because he does this whole thing with me. He's a 55, 56 year old guy that does the thing that like 19 year old boys and teenagers doing you gay you gay like and so anyway so and i whatever i'm sure i did that in college too and joked around about it but later that night i come back or no he emailed me later that night and it was an email from paul and the email from paul was angry this guy looked all over the internet for the right mask and one and he saw one and he ordered one that specifically didn't have it and you money grubbing monger should be ashamed of yourself and it went back and forth and he thought i he thought i was like trolling him he thought that i wrote the letter and i'm i said right if you gave people a choice people would not choose to have healthmassusa.com he said and he wrote back to this guy he wrote back it makes you feel more comfortable if you see someone wearing this you know that it, it's a it's a more effective mask than just wearing like a thin piece of fabric scarf or anything. And I'm thinking, and I said to Ray, I said, Ray, when I'm in the grocery store, I do not want to be close enough to anyone in there that I could read something printed on their mask. You know, and and well, so so to your point, I don't want to be close to anyone right now yeah. when I'm shopping, strangers. But I don't want to look at everyone like they're a carrier and they're going to kill me because a tiny little micron, 0.1 micron of a droplet's going to kill me. Somebody's going to see that you have the mask on and it's got the URL and they're going to look at it and they're going to go, well, oh, that man. looks cool. I'm going to walk up. That's I'm walking up. up. I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to say, yeah. hey, Where how much was that? <laughs> yeah. I was like, read the fucking read the fucking website and Here, fucking find out yourself. Here's the other thing that drives me nuts about the mass. Okay. If you go into, and uh, so two things. You go into the store now, and a lot of the stores, they've set up the plexiglass uh, shield at yep, the checkout, yep. and which is uh, great. They, they should, that should have been in there a long time ago. Uh, I don't have a problem with that. And uh, so they get the plexiglass shield, and they've got the mask on. The person behind there has the mask on. And uh, fine, do that. But this person, who probably originally was a soft talker, and you couldn't really hear him very well, you had to kind of lean in a lot of times. There's there's a lot of people that work retail that didn't get the message, didn't get the memo that says you got to speak up. You've got to look at people and speak directly a little bit louder <laughs> just because it's, you know, you it's common courtesy. Speak clearly so people can hear you. 
People with these masks on are behind the counter and they're going, I can't hear a fucking word they're saying. And you can't read the lips. You can't, you get no clue. It's, and they mumble shit at me like two or three times. <laughs> I'm just like, whatever. I don't know what you said. <laughs> I was laughing at the one lady at the grocery store. She, she went she said something i said excuse me and she did it again at the exact same volume level and i just started laughing and she's looking at me like what's wrong with you and i'm like i'm sorry i said i can't hear you and i go you're, you're mumbling behind the mask i'm sorry but it it's not working i have no idea what you just said and i was laughing and she's just like uh, she looked kind of I, I don't know he said that, that's the other thing you can't tell the, the expressions now are lost and and i also get this thing where i, I go by somebody and it's kind of like the you used to see the the uh, well, the the you know the woman from the the far east that had the veil over her face. Now we've all got these. Uh, we're all covered up, and we're all trying to figure out you know what's that what's the what's the rest of that mug look like behind. Well, I'm just looking. I'm just like trying to read people on their eyes. Like I'm trying to smile with my eyes, my crazy <laughs> dead eyes. Like, <laughs> and I'm like I'm smiling uh, underneath in a way I've never smiled before. Like they can see me. I'm like I'll, I'll do a head. Nod, I'll do a thumbs up, or I'll just look the other way, look down. I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm like, look, I think I got these clear Warby Parker glasses. I, I'm not threatening. There's nothing threatening about me. Look at that. I'm American. I got this red, white, and blue star thing. Like, so it's just confusing. And and even when I spoke with the representative from Oscar today, uh, her name was Ellie. Uh, I can't find the link, but one of the things she, I, I literally had her read stuff about COVID-19 guidelines. I was just curious and, and I, I wanted to stop her and say, just send them to me. Right. But she read through the whole thing. And one of the things was about the CDC. And if you don't have it, you don't wear the mat. It was very confusing. Like I was trying to follow and I'm just like, I'm trying right. to find the thing. And it's so it's, it's quite, quite confusing. Right. I mean, I totally get it when you go into a business, especially in areas like New Jersey, New York. Like, I don't wear mine when I'm running or walking in my and neighborhood. No, you shouldn't have to. And But no, I, I listen to Howard Stern quite a bit. And he's yeah. like a germaphobe, not quite a germaphobe, but he's very serious about this. And he stays right. at home. And apparently he's been talking. He's got this Dr. Agus that comes on. An intelligent mm -hmm. guy, communicates well. Anytime, because, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> He's been Stern has been going off on, on Trump quite a bit in a similar way that I have about his communication and his confusion and like what the fuck is he talking about, um, <laughs> but more so, which is weird because he hadn't done that in the very beginning. But I don't necessarily disagree with Stern on that. But Agus was just saying we can't really get into that. That's he's that's who he is. That's what he does. Like we gotta like look past that and just move forward with this whole thing. But one of the things that Stern had told him how he gets really angry. Now he's in the Hamptons. I don't know what part of the Hamptons, but a very wealthy area of the Hamptons is that some guy was doing yard work or something and wasn't wearing a mask and i guess stern was somewhat confrontational with him now i assume that he and his wife are wearing some sort of surgical mask of some right and they're on their walk and he's like and i there are these really nice areas in the hamptons that have these narrow little with these giant hedgerows or whatever yeah, but yeah. i have not found one situation in my neighborhood houses are a lot closer than they are in the hamptons I've never found a situation where I've been a, where I've even come closer. I've always been able to run around or get at least fifteen feet away from someone. Uh, yeah, I, and every been, single time. Yeah, I've been out uh, running, and uh, usually what I do is I there, I leave the sidewalk to the you know the, to the people at the strollers and the kids and all that stuff, and I just had I'm just out on the street a little more. Um, yeah, yeah, we're fine. I, I, I run when I see very young children or parents with young children or the very elderly. I run toward them and then I cough. Very, I got, <laughs> and then I and then I, I have trouble breathing. I this run is killing me. That is not true. I've never done that. That's insane. They could probably arrest me for that. Now the ACLU and I can get a good lawyer and it could become a whole thing. I don't have COVID nineteen as far as I know, but it's that's wouldn't be funny right now. Yeah, if, <laughs> to if me, get, no, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't if you can get any kind of test, I I, I would do it. Uh, it's kind of basically unavailable in the state of Iowa right now. We have a a website where you can sign up, and uh, you, from what I've read, uh, this is uh, you know just purely anecdotal, but from uh, what I'm hearing from. Uh, uh, places like Reddit and stuff like that that uh, you really have to be exhibiting all the you know all the uh, all the signs to to get a test in Iowa and uh, who knows um, 
but I, I would I definitely get the test. You know what I I was seeing this week, and I was confused. Uh, I, I was reading a a guy that was talking about the and understanding that whole flattening the curve, the curve thing, and mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, I got I I was we all started with that 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 good thought and i think the country did a good job uh both uh, <laughs> both political parties everybody just uh, when they start talking about if we stay home for a while and we can flatten the curve and we can make sure that the hospitals don't get overwhelmed um let's do it and everybody did that so that that original and they've changed it uh, since the original charts were put out a little bit uh, not everywhere but but a lot of the charts have changed to where they're only showing the flattening the curve they're only showing the one curve now on a lot of the charts they're showing you know uh there's so the original one started off and it had the big upward curve that was red on the, on the left hand side and then on the right hand side the two kind of overlap but on the right hand side there was one that was blue and it was you know where we were going to flatten it and it was longer and it was wider and the idea was to stand underneath the dotted line and the dotted line was where the hospitals would be overwhelmed and so we were going to try to keep it under that flatten it out give our medical people the time to be able to make sure that uh, hospitals aren't being overwhelmed and i was just looking at this chart we're talking about iowa it's getting we're gonna have more cases and things are still on the rise and and they are and they're predicted to be uh probably until june is what they're saying for here but we still according to this in iowa we have 3.77 so three point um uh, almost four thousand um inpatient beds are available and we're at about 46 percent of uh beds that are Forty-six uh, percent are available, so a little bit of you know, more more than half, uh, I guess, slightly used. But um, we've got a lot of empty beds. We've got six hundred and seventy-eight ventilators available. There's a lot of uh, well, I don't know how I, I, I'm not I, I'm not sure about this. Again, this is something that I I'm not sure about. But it would seem that for the most part, the ventilators may prolong it for some people right prolong life but i don't know i don't really Nine. know about how people have gotten better not Again, really you know and so it's let me try to find this i'm gonna 90 percent they say 90 percent of the people that get on start on a ventilator die they, right right yeah. so so uh let me see if i can find this guys uh this is a guy that i know so while, you, while you're remember, looking while you're looking think about those two the with it with the okay think about the two waves that i was talking about the red, big red wave and the blue wave the flattening the curve thing here's what i didn't understand and i don't think most of us probably completely got this because it, it, it went past me in a hurry okay so everything that was in those uh, you know say the red curve the blue curve those were those are the dead people okay so underneath the big red hump those are all the dead people underneath the long blue curve those are the dead people what i didn't understand what i didn't get was there's not a lot of difference between the two the it, it just slowed things down but the the original idea behind flattening the curve didn't have anything to do with less deaths it was the total number of deaths stretched out they're, they're basically the same same number or pretty close so the the idea that in the end we're quote-unquote saving lives well we're saving some lives probably because people who are gonna go in for something else non-covid related somebody has a heart attack somebody has a stroke somebody has something else at least they can get into the hospital and, and get treated for something so that's right, what we're, right. that's what we're trying to, to make sure happened right but this idea that unless we get unless we get a vaccine unless we get a therapeutic like this uh this remdesivir stuff uh unless those two things happen which may or may not be that effective we, we may not ever have a vaccine the remdesivir may not be as effective as we hope on a, on a therapeutic side uh so unless we hit herd immunity until we get there which is what effectively a vaccine does it does the same thing that herd immunity does that's the only thing that's going to s- slow down or stop the deaths they're they're going to continue they're not going to ever no state is going to get down to a zero death rate from this until one of those two things occurs right right so in the end two years from now whether we flatten the curve or whether we let we would have let the thing run crazy ass wild from the beginning the amount of dead people is probably going to be about the same I, and uh, I mean, I, I get that's it. What the I get what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, that's what the I, scientists are saying. It, it, it's 
it's really interesting how things have changed day by day. Right, coming right, from right. scientists, virologists, epidemiologists, doctors, medical scientists, yeah. and then it's like, so how can you expect someone who's a layperson to really understand and know, know. what the thing is? I know, right? You know, I, I listen. I again. I know that I've talked about Trump a lot, and it's really just about what he says, what he tweets, and like whatever, and it's mixed messages, and it's weird, and it's like, but it's, it's like, not reassuring. It's not. It's far from reassuring. And when he goes on, and and like I don't understand, like. CNN gave uh, David Muir, David Muir, who's uh, ABC World News Tonight. He's what, uh, 6.30 p.m., weeknights, what Peter Jennings used to do for ABC, right? He's the right, anchor right, right. of that show. And so he interviewed Trump when Trump went to Honeywell's plant in in Arizona. Okay, this is a couple of nights ago. It feels like it was a week ago, but it really was maybe like two days ago. And so, so he, it's the two of them in the plant. David Muir with his skinny tie, very well. He looks like a, he's like the he looks like a really good-looking Pixar character. Now, my girl Susie loves him, and I don't think there are plenty of women that love him. Um, <laughs> but he's got a skinny tie, white shirt in there, and you know he's got his side part. And he used to be a White House correspondent. He like, traveled and like I, I think he's been to Afghanistan. He's been all over the place. Guy's like in his forties, good-looking, well-built guy, and, and thin and skinny tie. Now he's sitting in this stool. And now I don't know how tall David Muir is. Trump is sitting in the other stool, wearing what I believe to be that navy blue suit with the white shirt and the red tie. That's usually what I think he wears, but I'm not sure. I can't remember. It's daily uniform. And, and he's sitting in an identical, an identical stool. And there's something so weird about Trump's build. I think he's 6'2", maybe 6'3". He's a big guy. He's a big guy. But it's no skinny tie. It's like a fat tie. Yeah. And and he looks like a, a ten to twelve year old. The way his body language is so weird. It's like like you know like <laughs> I, I know. like e yeah. even even George W. Bush looked more president. You know what I'm saying? Like whether you believe in his politics or not, or like George W. Bush, Bush, it was just like. Obama came across a certain way. Bill Clinton carried himself a certain way. Reagan, you know, even Bush Sr., all of them, this guy is sitting in this chair. Awkward. It's weird, right? And so, and at one point, he pulls out some statistics, and he does this whole thing. But there was one thing that he said that was so odd that he, they, he inherited. He didn't say Obama's name. They inherited bad tests. <laughs> and I don't, and, he, and, and, and David Muir, it, with the video, the, the interview was edited, okay? David Muir just came back and said, you've been in office for three years. He didn't go hard saying, like, he's like, but the thing that I don't understand is, how do you inherit? And he said, why didn't you, the stockpile, how come you didn't, you know, replenish the stockpile? And Trump said something weird that, I don't know, it was just moved on from it. And, and it was like, how do you, how could there be tests for a virus that didn't exist? I don't, that I don't understand. Right. And again, I would need to research that. And CNN gave uh, David Muir a hard time and said he missed the mark. He didn't push him hard. But really, wh what is he supposed to do? He's got this interview with the guy. What good? Trump doesn't respond well to criticism. No. Like, that's, he yeah, shuts true. down. And sure, it could have made him look bad, but he's just trying to ask questions and get answers out of the guy. Yeah. But and, and Trump knows he needs the mainstream media at this point because he's in an election year. So of course he's going to grant the interview and do it. He can't just be in an echo chamber and do Fox, you know, interviews. Yeah. You know. Well, and, yeah, CNN and Fox and a lot of news organizations, but those two, yeah, CNBC, those two MSNBC can be a little more extreme. They're, well, they're, they're, I heard somebody explain it this way recently, and, and this is what uh, I think exactly it is, is they're, they're performative. They're, they're, they're performers. Oh, yeah, they, yeah. Don know. Lemon certainly is. Yes, you know, yeah. uh, they, Hannity, they, of course, is. Yeah, so all these organizations have their little performers. And, and they're, it's not news. Uh, it's, it's a performance. You well, know, no, it, it, it's, it's, yeah. a it's like news entertainment. You know, yeah. way back in the day, we didn't have this kind. We had sensational sensationalist journalism to a certain degree um uh with um with newspapers right? right whether it was the new york post a little bit i mean you had your extreme the national Enquirer, the sun you had a lot of it in the uk with the guardian not the guardian but um the one that uh, what's his name piers morgan wrote yeah. for um, you know the one that had the same like the page like a page six kind of thing with like some like scantily clad women in it like that wasn't you the had that 
What's that? I thought that was the Guardian. Was it the Guardian? I Maybe. feel like the Guardian's a little bit more respectable as a journal. I don't know, but but we had current affair, right? And 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 shows like that, and yeah. Inside Edition that became more sensationalistic. And I, I that was probably after CNN launched, but the twenty four news cycle, and it's just like you're just trying to get viewer, 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 right? And yes. Now we're in this whole other space. So I, I think and so I li- I I will listen to NPR, and of course NPR may slant left a little bit uh however i have heard plenty of of uh npr reporters ask questions uh regardless of of you know uh, it, even if someone is going against the trump administration and asking good questions about it like how can you prove that your client was fired because they raised you know they brought to the attention that this thing is really bad in january right COVID-19. You, know, you know what i wish i wish that these organizations news or news organizations uh had uh if they have somebody who's a uh, who's been on the like they've got a medical person that, that does medical stories and i they used to i don't know maybe they don't anymore but uh so they had they have these special journalists if those specialist journalists were the ones at the news conference asking actual questions that, that are relevant uh, instead of these gotcha things that, that they, they, they like to ask you know they, they, uh, that would be so much more useful it would waste so much less time you know Trump's performative too he's he's, he's oh he's same, incredibly performative that's what he does same he milk. Cares, he cares about ratings if it weren't about ratings and being he wouldn't have done these every day but if somebody asked him a difficult, somebody who had a uh, who was a medical reporter, had a background and could ask something that was a credible question, that was difficult, and um, if you want to make if you want to if the the network the CNN or somebody wants to make him look silly, ask a question that you know really questions his intelligence not some stupid gotcha thing about um well why didn't you do this or you know and then he just well i mean some of i mean i watched a lot of those uh press conferences in the beginning the uh covid19 task force uh thing i watched a lot and it wasn't always a gotcha a lot of times it was telling quoting him back for something he said and trying to hold him accountable for something he said so and I'm not saying that there were no gotcha moments. Certainly there were. But there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with holding elected officials accountable. I th- here's where a lot of those go for me, where they go wrong for me, is that we've got you know, you, you, the 24-hour news cycle, or it's even shorter than that probably, the 12-hour news cycle. Okay, so if we want to learn something about something that happened today, I would much rather have a relevant question about something that is relevant to today be asked than in the very short period of time that we we have uh, the ability to get some sort of an, a question answered out of this guy instead of going back and trying to dig up skeletons and all that stuff i, I just feel like they're wasting our fucking time when, when when we should be and a lot of it's politically motivated it's a lot of this you know a lot of it's clickbait oriented too if they can absolutely ask, so can the headlines are question, misleading the yeah. story may not be but the headline is yes, the reporter yeah. that wrote that story didn't write the headline someone who writes headlines does that i have a friend of mine who was an editor at the daily news a guy from high school and he went he and i went to syracuse together and like he would create the headlines i mean it's an art form oh sure post you know headless man found in topless bar whatever that one was like it was like i there's it's brilliant it's 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 something, but it's not necessarily the story. But so that's why I don't like memes. That's why when you posted the thing on the story about the Woodstock, it piqued my interest. But I wanted to find out more, and I googled it and tried to find out more, and I couldn't get a lot on it. I didn't find the Wikipedia article, and so it's like, where do we go from here? We can't change this, right? The, right. You've got like the the toothpaste is out of the the container you know or whatever that expression is i'm not good with expressions but you know and it's like you can you put it back can you shift it get it and change it so when it comes to anything i want to find as much information as possible in sure. a thoughtful way that has facts I, i've talked about this on the show remember when you had the issue with the nfl not the issue but that like controversy with uh, colin kaepernick taking yeah. a knee and uh-huh. you know i talked about kylie having to write a story about it based on president trump's tweet you know whatever and it was this whole thing and i'm like oh my god kylie doesn't even watch football she doesn't know what any of this is sure she knows who the president is but what does she really know and i tried to find articles that didn't have opinion and it was really challenging 
It is. It like, is. I'm just trying to present to her a timeline of what appear to be facts. When did Colin Ta- Ka- Kaepernick first take a knee? What did he do leading up to that? Why did he do it? How did he communicate it? What did the media do with it? You know what I mean? Like, how did we get from there to here? Right? How did this become something? And and it's not. It wasn't just Trump. It was the news. It was a lot of things. It was the culture, the news media. You know. But there's no, you can't put blame on one individual or one thing. It's it's just it's this downward spiral, and I don't I don't know how we get back from it. Well, we're gonna have to like just in terms of the you know I, okay within the state of Iowa we're gonna be supposedly opening some things up. I was reading some of the r- rules about what they're doing with the, with opening up some of these establishments. So starting uh, tomorrow, they're going to allow some people, uh, health clubs, uh, some uh, various organizations, some retail stuff open up. But uh, most of it's got to be done by appointment only. They said that uh, they'll only allow one patron per time, per, like at a, a uh, health club. It said one patron at a time. At a, so how's that going to work? They're going to open up a health club, and they're going to one person in gets to work out for a while, and then you got to leave, and then somebody else has got an appointment. So if I have a forty-five minute workout, say for instance, uh, then somebody else comes in, and everybody all uh, you know, we all have forty-five minutes. They're going to allow a dozen or whatever people throughout the day to come in to their establishment. They're how, how long? You know, they're not going to be able to stay open doing that for any length of time. So I, this rollout, however it goes, however it happens. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people that aren't going to want to go into, you know, do I really need to go to TJ Maxx tomorrow if the place opens and get an appointment to go in for 10 minutes and buy a yoga mat or some shit like that? Eh, probably not. I'll just fucking order it online. Um, so I, I, it's, it's going to be a slow rollout, even though the, the headlines are salacious and like, oh my God, they're going to, they're, they're all going to head out into the streets and they're, they're, everything's back to the way it was in March. That's, that's not what's going on. Not yeah, at right. all. Not in no, any, in no, any right, manner. Right, right, right. And so to me, uh, does that make more sense? A little bit of, a little bit of, of, of widening things out to me does make sense because right now, like I said, we're all going to the same five places we're all going to the grocery stores everybody's going to the same place we're all going to you know if you get got to get anything you got to go to target you got to go to walmart i don't want to go to any of those places and now that they're more crowded it seems like i would rather have them stretch it out a little bit um i've I've talked on here a little bit there's a local skateboard shop that i think is doing really good with marketing is is that the one you talk you talked to me about yeah yeah the one that's along that like nice stretch of uh stores that looks yes yes yeah edu-skate edu-skate yeah right good name yeah yeah so they had a uh, little little thing on their on their story on instagram the the other day which kind of made me chuckle it said um that uh the meme basically was uh along the lines of so as it turns out you can't get the virus by visiting a grocery store a big box retailer you know they listed the four or five places that that you can go to now apparently you cannot get the virus by visiting those those stores but the only place that it can be spread is through small businesses (laughs) and i was Mm. like you know uh i was like yeah that's okay am i going to get is there more of a likelihood if i decide to go in and buy a skateboard from these guys that probably at any given time on their best day there might be five or ten people in the store at a time is there more of a risk for me going in there than going out to some place where there's a couple hundred people in a in a store and uh, you know or or even as an example we've talked about uh, Rachel and I have talked about this with the the fast food idea you can drive you can go through these drive-throughs to get fast food well i've got to go through this window i hand them my credit card they take my credit card they hand me food back and forth my credit card comes back out the same person is doing that all fucking day long. I, I, I'm assuming that they're wiping stuff down and they're doing some sort of cleanliness in there that's that's being monitored, I hope. Uh, but this single point of contact for hundreds of people, thousands of people, doesn't seem like a good idea to me at all. But that's what's been allowed to stay open. All of the, you know, I can go to Taco Bell or something like that, but I can't go to a local establishment, sit in their maybe outdoor seating six feet away from the, the other table and, you know, on Cinco de Mayo and have a margarita without feeling like somebody's going to shit their, you know, shit themselves because I'm there. Um, 
I, 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 we're just going to have to use common sense as we roll out. And uh, yeah, but that's the problem. That, that's the problem. That's the problem with news. That's the problem with everything. What is common sense? And then what is sense when people don't necessarily understand things, or they don't care for the thing, or they're like, "I've got my rights. I can do this. I can do that." It's like, you know, I, if I were if I were drinking, I like to say that I work out a lot and I don't drink. And I don't eat meat. Okay, I'm better than everyone. That is not true. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna like. I'm gonna eat meat. The minute this is over, I'm gonna eat meat and and drink just tequila out of the bottle. Over, over I'm gonna. Head. I'm gonna just like let myself go. I can't wait. This is exciting. Um, yeah, I don't listen. I, I'm not in a hurry to get to a sporting event, to go to a crowded bar or restaurant. I mean, I would love to go to a restaurant. I'd love to go to a movie. You know, I want things to be normal and open again. I'm just not so sure what that looks like, how that works, you know, and, and when. And yeah. I want to work again. I want to, like, I want to do sure, the job yeah. that I was doing. You know, I, I really believe that this year would have been – last year was a very good year for me financially. Like, I worked a lot of the year and possibly the best I've ever had in my life. And, and so I would love for that to be happening again. Well, that's not going to happen for me this year because the earliest that I expect – film and television production, the level of what I was working on to start up again, is not likely going to be in New York, the New York metropolitan area, it to be until July at the earliest, maybe August, but I think realistically September, and even so, we're not going to be at 100% on day one. And if we're not at 100% on day one, I'm not working, because I'm not at the top of the food chain hmm. in that union, right? Yeah. So, okay, so i got to figure something else out. I can't, I'm having trouble collecting unemployment. I filed in New Jersey because that's where I lived. And then I found out, oh, I, you know, it's so, it's, things are not going to be normal anytime soon. Right. My, my children aren't going back to school this year. I imagine, is that the case for you guys too? Right, it's done, yeah, until fall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I want to let you know, I found, I found the actual, uh, uh, New York post headline from 1983, uh, April, 1983 headless body in topless bar. Now that's all I remember. And, and, and I, and I didn't even get it right. You know, headless man found in, you know, whatever. And then, and then underneath it, it says gunman forces woman to decapitate tavern owner. The real story of the headless body in topless bar. Um, as argued by veterans of the post, it's a grisly, gruesome murder. But like you know, one guy is talking about high fiving one another when they came out. This is the greatest fucking headline of my career, you know. And and this is one of the guys from the post. And you think about it, and you go like, no, there's a real story. There's a guy that died brutally. Who knows if that guy was a good guy or a bad guy? But apparently, in in 2012, Charles Dingle, who committed this uh, murder, was denied parole. Um, so I'm real curious. I'm going to go into a little bit of a rabbit hole, figuring out more about this guy and this story, but you know, that headline sells story. I mean, that's why it was on the front cover because of that headline, you know? Yes. Yeah. And, and, and so I don't know. I, it's, I don't know where we're going as a society and when we're going to hit rock bottom when it comes <laughs> to, you know, uh, humanity, um, culture, people, you know, are we mostly good? Are we mostly bad? Or is everyone trying to get close to you when you're trying to buy what little meat is left? Yeah. Well, you I know, think what's, what's going to go on is, and that's by tomorrow, I may have changed my mind, but um, okay. So this isn't something I didn't realize either. Over age 60 in the United States, the, the percentage of people that are over age 60 in, in the United States is and I thought it was a higher number. I, re I really did. Uh, the percentage of people that are over age sixty. What, what do you think? What would you have guessed? I would have guessed higher, but I'll tell you in just a second. What do yeah, you I don't know. Uh, over age sixty, all of the United States. How many people? These are the ones we're worried about the most right now. How many people over the age of sixty? All right. So baby boomers. Um, so baby boomers are older than sixty, right? They're they're closer to like closer to like sixty-seven. They'd be in their sixties. Yeah. Is that yeah, right? Probably. Yeah. 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 Uh, how many? What's the population of the United States? Three hundred million. So just percentage, yeah, we're three hundred. Oh, percentage, percentage, percentage. Just, percentage. just say okay. a percentage. So make it easier. No, yeah. Uh, okay, I would say uh, overall population. Overall population percentage of people over sixty. I'm going to go with seventeen percent. 
you're high. You're not, I would have guessed higher even than that because I had some, for some reason, I thought it was going to be in the 20s, but you're high. It's actually right at 10% in the United States. Uh, so I might have gone higher had you not. Yeah, kind of I, I was thinking it. in the twenties probably, like, but it's 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 closer to ten percent over age sixty. Um, now, if you look at the the, the list of the, the people that are most uh, most uh, should be should be the most concerned about all of the social distancing stuff, the people that are actually maybe even a little over over sixty five. Um, my uh, cardiologist, I had a uh, session with him, a uh, teleconference thing with him, and uh, telemedicine, and he's said over age 70 is what they're looking at uh, as far as the biggest risk group but let's say over 65 you're overweight you're immunocompromised somehow uh, smoker you've had some sort of lung issues diabetes vaping whatever is you know these these lists of people that are on that list you know it's a bigger it's a bigger number than than the than the 10 percent just the over 60 people but uh I think what it's going to come down to is if you're in one of those risk groups, you're going to have to live your life differently than the other 90% or the other whatever that that percentage of people is and to the point where uh, we're going to have to let young people go out and be young people. They're going to have to go go to work and do whatever they do, go to school, go to college, go to, you know, uh, do whatever they do. And we're going to have to do a better job of trying to figure out how to uh, protect the rest of the herd. I don't know exactly how that works, but uh, we've had in Iowa, as an example, uh, I looked at the numbers and uh, the other day, two days ago, uh, out of 207 total deaths in Iowa at that point, 182 out of 207 were over age 65. Most of those people, so that's a huge bunch uh, out of the, 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 the whole uh, it'd be like 85% or so, something like that, uh, are over age 65 that have died. Most of those people are in nursing homes. So we've allowed somehow this virus to invade in a large measure, and this I know has happened in New York as well, um, to invade these nursing homes. So if science wants to help us, if, if, if we want to do something, you know, we're going to wear masks, we're going to use hand sanitizers, we're going to do whatever uh, to help each other, we're going to, you know, distance and all these things, I'm, I'm fine, I'm, I'm for all of that, but we've got to do an even better job with all, these, with all these people in these nursing homes. They shouldn't be in a position where they've got people coming in and making them sick. And I don't know how they, how they fix that. I don't know, but the, the fucking yeah, I, smart people can figure that out. Neil deGrasse Tyson, where are you? I, I, uh, tell, us, tell us what to do, bud. <laughs> yeah, but he's a, he's a physicist. I, I don't. Isn't he? What is he? What is he's, he? I, I don't know what he is. He's a. I, I watched a, a his master class thing the other day, and he kind of blew my mind. But uh, yeah, he's uh, an intelligent guy. I, he, I told oh, yeah, you, I, yeah, yeah, I told makes, you I did an event where I had to mic him, and he was definitely the smartest guy in the room. He makes he, your brain hurt. He's and, incredibly. He's in incredibly confident and comfortable smartest guy in the room thing is the problem that i've got for the most part with uh with trump is that oh yeah, uh, yeah. he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room well and, uh, you know who's never the smartest guy in the room the guy who thinks he's the smartest guy in the room <laughs> right even exactly. that guy's smarter than that you're right yes you know get yeah. smarter get get the neil yeah. degrasse tyson's in the room yeah. with you acknowledge yeah, yeah. acknowledge yeah. the fact neil degrasse tyson you're smarter than i am <laughs> yeah right, <laughs> i right. know that Tell me what to do. <laughs> so yeah, and, and listen, there are there are plenty of times that the smartest guy in the room doesn't, you know, like the isn't always the best person for whatever the job may be. Yes, except right. that I think that the president of the United States of America should be one of the smartest guys in the room, and I'm not so sure that that's ever happened with Donald Trump. As I say, that's my take. I don't know. I don't know his IQ. Yeah. Um, you know, and when I talked to my friend about it, he he uh, my friend Evan is an intelligent guy. And, and I said, you know, I'll say some of the things that I've said on this podcast about Trump and the broken test and whatever. And I said, what I mean, what do you think it is with him? Like, what is it? And he's like, he's, he's not very smart. He's insecure. And mainly he has a small mushroom penis. <laughs> Now, apparently, Stormy Daniels had said that at one point. Now, I didn't know that. And I'm like, and I said, you know what would be great? If that's every time someone had an argument about Trump, like, and this, and you're going into this thing, and then he said this, and then he tweeted this, and then he'd be like, yeah, no, here's the thing. I've got the answer. He's got a small mushroom penis. 
and he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. And so you're like, what the? It's just so. Um, so the thing about the the uh, the the headlines and the media and all that. Um, you know, I, I told you that I, I stumbled across the American Institute for Economic Research, and I haven't read all the articles, but I've liked the few that I've read. And, uh, you know, I think I told you on another episode, I, like, I, I stumbled across the Atlantic, and the Atlantic has been around since the mid-1800s or so, and they've only ever um, endorsed three presidents, and each one was for a reasonable reason, including uh, they endorsed uh, Hillary Clinton only because Trump was running. Um, I can't remember the other two incidents. Uh, I think Lincoln, because uh, of the slavery thing. And, uh, and, and so this American Institute for Economic Research, they have another, another story here called How to Stop Food Shortages. And I'll send it to you. But essentially what it is is, you know, it starts out, it's uh, this guy Robert Wright, who's another author with like 18 books or so. So far, two of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, uh, death and pestilence are upon us. But at least one of the others, famine, is also on the stalk. Yeah. So he goes into a whole thing about what we eat, what we our diet should be, and then this whole thing that, you know, what Americans really have to fear are anti-gouging laws applied to food. If food prices are not allowed to rise when supply and demand conditions warrant, shortages will occur and potentially famine. Now, it might be an extreme thing, but he has a point, right? Like, if right now we have a shortage of meat, well, if you really need, I don't eat meat, but if you eat meat and it's really important to you, you raise it. But people would lose their fucking mind, right? They yes. would lose their mind. Like the whole supply and demand thing. Same thing with masks. Now, with the masks, it's, I, I'm, I'm kind of on the anti-gouging thing because it's weird because you're going into this fear thing, right? You're going to, I need a mask. I need a mask. If I don't have a mask, I'm going to die, Right. Or so, can't, can't get into Aldi's without one. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, but th right, then you can't buy your meat anyway. Just want to buy you know, meat. So, Where's my so meat? anyway, I'm going to send you some of these links. Read them or not, but there's, and then there's the other one is, I'm going to send you the two articles about the mask in Sweden and the follow-up. I mean, they're definitely pretty interesting food for thought, and I know that Sweden's different than... Um, the U.S. and there, there is something in there comparing. You know, you would do different social distancing measures and opening up the economy in New York versus Iowa. Yeah. Right? Sweden, and, Sweden did the just uh, no, 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 nothing, and they had all the. Uh, they've ended up with a lot more deaths, but it may end up uh, like we may find out that uh, they just got it over quicker. Um, well, I, I mean, you know, hopefully there's a vaccine. Hopefully there's herd immunity. Hopefully the thing ends and, and, and we look back and we go, what did we really learn from it, right? You know, right. where do we go from here and, and how can we do this better? But there could be a lot of Monday morning quarterbacking. Oh, there will be. And there's you know, going to be, sure. like a lot of things, I think there's they're, they're going to quickly forget the lessons. And uh, I don't know. Some things will some things will stick. We'll we'll be smart about it. I just, I, I just worry with uh, you're talking about the Atlantic and you told me about uh, about the, you know some of those articles that you'd read and um, I was googling some of that stuff and the Atlantic wrote an article that was basically uh, they were uh, I can't remember the exact headline but it was the the, the idea behind it was that um, they were just really hoping that uh, Joe Biden just stays alive long enough to get elected. Just stay alive, Joe, I think was something. <laughs> well, was I, I think they're on the same page that they were, yeah. you know, uh, four years ago. Right. Stay alive, Joe. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh, God, we're putting a lot of pressure on this, whoever this vice presidential candidate might I be. I was going to say exactly right. It's the, the vice presidential candidate. Uh, he said he's picking a woman, and uh, he mentioned uh, someone young. I can't. I don't know exactly how he mentioned it, and he wasn't joking i mean well maybe maybe he'll get uh abby finkenauer from iowa she lives now i just found out um we've she's a democrat to, uh she bought a house right around the corner you're kidding yes. is it, she a democrat she's a democrat yeah yeah well, well where does where does the governor of of iowa live do they have a mansion a home for the governor they do have a home for the governor but abby finkenauer is a congresswoman a congresswoman, oh that's congresswoman. i'm sorry sorry you're a congressperson yeah she's in congress she's she's young she's not gonna be she'll no oh to i was confusing the governor that's you know what i hope he doesn't talked about her. abby finkenauer uh, the, no, governor the governor is republican, she's republican. yeah she's that's yeah. what i thought yeah. I, I was very confused by that and i do remember you 
telling me about Abby Finkenhauer, and she was a bit. She's a bit younger, right? She's got a, what it like, possibly younger than forty. Yeah, she's uh, in her. Uh, she might be. I don't even know if she's. Well, she's um, about the same age as as AOC. Uh, a, a little bit older. No, believe, then like, she. Well, I'll tell you right now. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. Yeah. Uh, she is relatively young. She's 31. Yeah, she bought a house just 32 this year. Oh well. Uh, and, and I can't remember what you said about her. You liked her? I mean, I, uh, I think you were in the same she's, room. She's with okay. Her. She's okay. When when she got elected, uh, I was thinking she was gonna uh, probably. I I, th- I thought there'd be. Uh, she was going to get some attention and there'd be more press and stuff because she was so young and but i I, at that point i didn't realize uh, the aoc thing was coming along i I guess the world didn't know then what that was going to be like so she's gotten literally zero press about her i think about her age and the things that she's trying to do i think she's you know she's she's all right she's doing a decent job and i say that not i'm hoping she doesn't do anything dumb we were talking about the um, governor of michigan at one point i was saying maybe she'd be a good choice and uh, i will tell you um i don't think that seems like it's done yeah she's she's made some horrible decisions over the last month i think um but uh yeah, let's forget her. Let's take her off the table. <laughs> I don't know who they're going to pick. Stacy, uh, what's her name from Georgia? Don't know much about her. I don't know much about her. Yeah. Uh, how about Julia Louis Dreyfus? She was pretty good in that Veep show. I like that. I see yeah, that's. I'd have not seen that Tim, show. I seriously, I seriously would go for that because <laughs> I think that politicians, for the most part, like I said, get a lot of smart people in the room that are really making the decisions, and then just have somebody that can give a good speech. Somebody that's that's a, that's a, a good orator, like like. Well, uh, Reagan was great. Yeah, he was really good. Obama? No, I was a kid, but yeah, Obama's really good too. Yeah, great orator. So give get that person that uh, can you know give you a, a good speech, give you that good fireside f- chat feeling, and mm-hmm. uh, come out every day and get in front of the camera and not fumble around. That's why W he, he got all that flack because he couldn't pronounce anything, and. Uh, he bombed a lot of people that he shouldn't have. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, I I do want. I mean, there's a footnote I want to add though about masks. Right? It, it doesn't doesn't really bother me. Every now and again, they're a little tight and it's tough to breathe and it gets hot and my glasses fog. But I, I got no problem with it when I go into a grocery store once a week or whatever. I went into Lowe's, uh, fixed my shower. I went in, I put the mask on. I was kind of in and out. It's great. Uh, but I am against putting the website of the company that sells the mask on the front of the damn thing. My face is not a billboard. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our show. Let's let Mr. Big Voice take us out. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed Unbecoming of Age. Bonus content at unbecomingofage.com. Subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. Find us on social media at Unbecoming of Age. And sometimes when we touch.